Welcome to Design Lunch with Andy and Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hello, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just drinking an Arnold Palmer here. That's all I'm doing. Living the dream. Yeah, man. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, buddy. Well, Patrick, I want to get us started off. I, I want to ask you a question. Is it all right if I ask you a question? Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a little nervous because I don't know what this question is. <laughs> you should be. Um, okay. This is kind of an um, interesting one. I just want to ask you, are you coming with me, Patrick? That was the question? Yeah. Am I coming with you? I, I mean, yeah. I'll follow you into the dark. Right? I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. All right. Um, You're supposed to say, where are we going? Oh. Well, okay. Where are we going, Andy? (laughs) Why to the North Pole, of course. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like on a train? On a train. We're going on a train to the North Pole. Sweet. Today, Patrick, <laughs> for for this Christmas special uh, episode of 2021 for the Design Much podcast, I wanted to do just a little bit of story time. Just a little bit of story time? Is that why? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know we were going to be doing the Christmas episode, but I hear some jingle <laughs> bells in the background. Yes. Okay. So, so that's why I happening. hear the jingle bells. I was like, ah, something's up. That. That's why you're hearing it. That's why, yeah, that's why things are a little bit different. That's why things are a little bit merrier, a little bit jollier today. I do, and I do have more energy today. Good. Yes. I can see it for sure. <laughs> see it in your eyes. <laughs> I'm stoked. But Patrick, I, so in the, the Page family home, we've been reading some Christmas books as of late, Um, you know, kind of cozying up by the fire, reading some Christmas books. And we we read this book recently. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called The Polar Express. Mm. And I think... I think I've read it myself. You think you've read it? That's Mm -hmm. good. The book is better than the movie. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. It's definitely better than the movie. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just not talk about the movie? Yes, we're let's not just, going to. <laughs> let's just leave it at the movie is, um, let's just say, should have negative four stars. But the book is amazing. I love the book. Yeah, book is wonderful. That's what I grew up on. Very important book to have during the Christmas season. So as I was reading this book, Patrick, with my kids, I, there's a really interesting part about it. And I want to read a little bit of this book. I'm going to ask you some questions and everything, but I want to read a little bit about this book. Um, we're not going to read all of the book. And I looked it up. It's still fair use. I could read some of this. <laughs> so we're good. We're not going to get sued, hopefully. Um, but um, if we do get sued, I think it's worth it. So I want to talk about this book a little bit because I think there's something really interesting that I think relates to design. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to read a couple passages. We're going to talk about the story a little bit here. Feel free to interject with any any thoughts or anything that you have, Patrick. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and get it going with this book. So we open we open in this book. It's a you know a cold night, Christmas Eve, and I'm going to read this first part just to set the stage here. 
So it says, on Christmas Eve, many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed. I did not rustle the sheets. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound, a sound a friend had told me I'd never hear. Mm. Got chills, the ringing dude. bells, <laughs> the ringing bells of Santa's sleigh. There's no Santa, my friend had insisted, but I knew he was wrong. So we get this kid, this, this, this kid who, who wants to hear the, the ringing bells of Santa's sleigh. But there are, of course, naysayers in his life, right? There are people saying that Santa does not exist. So I want to jump forward. I um, just wanted to set that stage here to Freaking talk hecklers. about that important part. Freaking hecklers. Oh, man, illustrations in this book are the best, though. So I'm going to jump forward, Patrick, to a part that I think is really cool and, and interesting um, in regard to this, this story here. So we, we kind of know what happens in the story. If you haven't read it, I, I if you haven't read it, go read it. Go read this book, um, designer, dear designer, please go read it. Um, but we're at this part now where they've gone through the forest. He's, he got on the train. They had some hot chocolate. They went through the forest, had some adventures. Uh, and they have arrived at the North Pole. Mm. And Santa has come out. So I'm going to read this next page here. See what happens. There's actually these next two pages. It says, we pressed through the crowd to the edge of a large open circle. In front of us stood Santa's sleigh. The reindeer were excited. They pranced and paced, ringing the silver sleigh bells that hung from their harnesses. It was a magical sound, like nothing I'd ever heard. Across the circle, the elves moved apart, and Santa Claus appeared. The elves cheered wildly. We marched over, he marched over to us, and pointing to me said, let's have this fellow here. He jumped into a sleigh. The conductor handed me up. I sat on Santa's knee and he asked, now, what would you like for Christmas? Oh boy. You like my Santa voice, Patrick? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not, it's not, I mean, I like it. It's not a ton different than your regular voice, but I like it. I, I, I know. I didn't want to go too crazy. I, I didn't really <laughs> prep too much. <laughs> my, my, my Santa voice. I, I just couldn't get it in a really good character for him. So I'm sorry, but <laughs> um, the next page says, I knew that I could have any gift I could imagine, but the thing I wanted most for Christmas was not inside Santa's giant bag. What I wanted more than anything was one silver bell from Santa's sleigh. Mm. When I asked Santa, when I asked, Santa smiled. He gave me a hug and told an elf to cut a bell from a reindeer's harness. The elf tossed it up to Santa. He stood holding the bell high above him and called out, The first gift of Christmas. (laughs) There you go. All right, so so our boy he he asks he asks for the bell. That's what he wants. That's like really it's an awesome gift. It's, it's like the purest form of of a gift that he can ask for Santa, right? And Santa get you know he flies off. He he starts to you know do his rounds as Santa does, and then all of the kids get back into the train, and uh oh, something happens. Uh, we know that the boy loses the bell. 
So let's read about this. As soon as we were back inside the Polar Express, the other children asked to see the bell. I reached into my pocket, but the only thing I felt was a hole. I had lost the silver bell from Santa Claus's sleigh. Now that is rough. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely rough. Man. So, yeah, this kid is looking really sad. The Polar Express takes him home and his heart is broken, right? But something happens, Patrick, the next morning. (laughs) On Christmas morning, my little sister Sarah and I opened our presents. When I looked, when it looked as if everything had been unwrapped, Sarah found one last small box behind the tree. It had my name on it. Inside was the silver bell. Mm. There was a note. Found this on my seat. Of, I found this on the seat of my sleigh. Fix that hole in your pocket. Signed, Mr. C. I shook the bell. It made the most beautiful sound my sister and I had ever heard. But my mother said, oh, that's too bad. Yes, my father said my father. It's broken. It's broken. When I had shaken the bell, my parents had not heard a sound. And then finally, on the last page, at one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me as it does for all who truly believe. Uh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Patrick, it's a wonderful book, wonderful story. Definitely kind of brings out the magic, I think, of Christmas uh, for sure. But this kind of got me to the path. Like, what, what does the bell represent in this story? And also, what could this bell represent in design? What, what do you think, Patrick, is like the purest form of design that we might really want, but we can very easily lose? We might have holes in our pockets as designers. And also something that I think over time, <laughs> over time, we can actually um, stop hearing this um, quote unquote bell as, as we move forward in our design career. So that's a question for you, Patrick. What, what do you think the bell can actually represent um in the design world i'm sorry to put you on the spot man i'm i would have a hard i'm having a hard time thinking thinking of something the bell represents i i do i do though i can think of i can think of how we might lose what that is you know getting getting tied like with all the stuff that we have to worry about as ux designers or designers in general right like we're worrying about we, we we have to worry about technical feasibility of what we're building, what we're designing. We have to worry about <clears throat> are is the company going to make money from this design, right? Like, what am I yeah. am I designing something that is beneficial to the company? Going to make money? Going to get more customers in? Going to do whatever, right? Um, you know, we get we get bogged down in the minutia of like. What does the NPS score say? What does a what does a survey say from our users? What is what's our retention rate? What's like um, all of these different things that we that, are, that we're sort of bombarded with, right? As designers that that go into our decision, I, I 
those things will pull you away from whatever that silver bell is. Yeah. And I'm not, I guess I'm not sure exactly what that silver bell would be, but I know all of the different minutia that can get us pulled away from that, that can draw us away from the true meaning of Christmas, right? Yeah. No, I think that's, that's all wonderful. Very true. And I think, honestly, the silver bell can mean a lot of different things I think, in design. Um, some of the things that kind of came to mind for me were like, I think like design in its purest form is like, I think like having empathy for the people that you're serving as a designer. I think that that is something that you can definitely lose over time that when you're an old designer, you maybe can't, you don't have as much empathy if you're not really doing the things you're supposed to be doing as a designer, of course, not necessarily because you're old in age, but maybe you're, you're worrying about the wrong things. Maybe you're worrying about all the the company stuff and the MBS score. You're worrying about maybe potentially the wrong things, and maybe you can lose sight of of what the customers really need, um, and really are maybe focusing on just what the business needs and not what the business needs and what the customer needs and how those overlap. Um, that was one thing I was considering. I think another thing that that I definitely see as well, like in the industry, is when you when you meet a junior designer who's like brand new in the field. Uh, something they have is enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. They are so excited to to give value, to to serve, <laughs> to create solutions essentially for people. And I think uh, with all those examples you're talking about, like you can definitely lose sight of being excited, like waking up in the morning and <laughs> um, getting ready to to do something uh, that can help other people, to do something that you know can. It can actually um, give value to your customers, to your users. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I like what you said. And I think I could take it. It got me thinking about you. You talked. You were talking about empathy and like having that empathy and having that be sort of <clears throat> the pure essence of design or whatever. I think is is I would question if it's the empathy or the excitement you would get from making something for somebody, and I think that goes back to as well as the being a junior designer being like a kid designer right because yeah. a kid designer there's a lot of excitement around that but you're also excited to learn like you're you're more excited to grow and learn and like pick up everything you can right um and i think i think that's that's something that you know going going back to like hey side note if you're not hiring junior designers you better damn well start hiring junior designers because they can bring so yes. much more to your team but I think yes, so I think a lot better. of that is that, right? Like, you know, they they do have sort of the Christmas spirit, right? They they sort of have, like, I would say putting both of those things together, it kind of comes down to like that innocence of a designer, right? Like, there's there's a there's a there's a purity to being sort of this innocent designer of like, I don't know about the business, <laughs> I don't know about all this other <laughs> stuff. Like, I just want to make the best thing for the user, and I want to like show it to the user and I want the user's eyes to light up or I want, I want to yeah. see the user do something. I, I want to solve the user's problem and watch them actually go through the solution and, and, and adopt it well and like, you know, use it and, and have, have it benefit them, have it benefit themselves. And I think that goes back, that, that innocence of that um, is, it could be part of that, right? Part of that like mm-hmm. pure, pure essence of design. I love that. That is such a great idea. I, I love the idea of, of yeah, having that enthusiasm and that excitement as a junior designer um, and wanting to learn. 
I think that's something that we definitely, <laughs> as, as we become seniors, even mid-level designers, sometimes we feel like, and we've talked about this, we feel like we already know everything. <laughs> we don't need to learn anything <laughs> new. And we don't have that excitement um, of, okay, I get to go try this new thing and see how it works, see if it's good or see if it's bad and like see how it affects the users, right? Um, I think we're definitely like more seasoned. We've seen these things, you know, over and over <laughs> and it's sometimes it can be hard to get excited and we can, you know, we can tear a little hole in our pocket, Patrick, and lose mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the little bell. I think, um, I think that is a really good statement. How, how do you think that, uh, individuals that are practicing design that are doing this day to day can actually stay excited? Um, that's a good, that's a good question, Andy. I'm, I think it's I'm a hard a, question. That's, yeah, that's I'm not sure hard, I know the answer to that question. question. <laughs> I mean, how do we stay excited about Christmas, Patrick? Even, even when we're adults, how do we do that? Well, I think it, I think, yeah, staying excited about Christmas. I think, I think it can be hard. Like as an adult, it becomes difficult because you see there's a lot of hard work into it, right? It's, it's a, yes. this, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of work. You're, 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 you're spending a lot of time with family. Some you may love, some you may not. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on and things are busy, right? Especially if you have children, cause you want to, the goal for you from a Christmas standpoint, from any holiday is when you have kids is to make their holiday be memorable. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of pressure in that. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, you know, overthinking. There's just a lot of pressure that you feel as an adult, as a parent. Um, you know, I got to make this, this Christmas memorable. I got to make this, you know, whatever holiday, Halloween memorable for them. Like, how am I going to do that? I think you, I think there's a similar pressure to a designer. Um, and I think that's, we get bogged down in that, right? We get bogged down in like, Okay, I need to design something for the user. I need to be the creative one on the team. I need to do something memorable for these people, the, the users that they need. But I also need to like, you know, make money. It has to make money. And it also needs to be something that's not overly difficult to build. And it needs to be, you know, there's all these different things. Like there's the family members and all this stuff coming into play, right? And you start thinking about there's just, there's a lot of pressure and you do get pulled away from the bell, right? What's the purpose of it? Yeah. <clears throat> And I think that's where you, you, you sort of lose your excitement. But I, I think, I don't know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get excited about stuff when, like you brought up earlier, you've seen it before, you've done it a couple of times, or, um, you know, maybe you don't see the challenge in it. I, I think it goes, personally, for me, I, I get more excited in the design process during the sort of defining what the problem is and ideating on solutions phase. Okay. And I feel like for me as a designer, I think I like to take on that's, that's where I focus when I get a project. I'm that's where I'm the most hungry is trying to figure that out. And then I'm not super excited about the UI and stuff like that. But for me, it all comes down to, I mean, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a designer day to day, you know, day in and day out anymore. But mm -hmm. as a designer, the thing that gave me the most energy in that phase was going out and talking to users, seeing how users do stuff. That was, that's what kept me the most excited was like, 
going and watching a user do this particular job that they're trying to do and and see all of the areas that I can improve. That's what that's what because you're standing there going, why are they doing that? Why are they doing this? Like we could design something so much cooler than that, you know, or we could, you know, do those kinds of things. That's the stuff that always got me the most excited. But it's also it's also back to your point of as far as like building empathy and building excitement for the user and that kind of thing. It starts with the user, right? And I yeah. feel like if you're a designer and you're not doing, you're not on user calls, I don't know how you could be excited about your job. I mean, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're a person that gets really excited about jumping into Figma and designing really cool interfaces, like that's that that might be a different level of excitement. But I still, I still think even at the end of the day, like the the purpose behind it, right? Going back to the purpose, designing something delightful and exciting for your user that's going to solve a problem um, starts with your user, right? It starts with, it starts with talking to them. And I think that's probably the easiest way. If you're feeling, if you're feeling, I don't know, in my mind, if you're feeling sort of like bogged down and depressed about being a designer, um, I think just go talk to some users. Like if you're not excited about your Mm -hmm. job, like go talk to some users, you know, remember like Santa's your user, right? I don't know if that's a good (laughs) analogy. (laughs) <laughs> but Santa has the the sleigh bell, right? Like, just talk to them again, you know, and maybe that maybe you'll hear the sound again, you know. Yes, I love. I that. don't know. I I love that so much, actually. So what you also made me think about was when when you're you're a parent and you're like trying to give your children the same excitement that you may or may not have remembered as a child. It is stressful, right? And it's like it's like a lot of work and. But then like when you're seeing them so excited, when you're seeing them like like it's Christmas Eve and they're like so excited to see all these presents or they're excited for the next day or you see them come down and see the tree for the first time and they're very excited. Like those are the moments as a parent that like really do it for you. Like you you get to feel their excitement. You get to like experience it through them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like that also definitely applies to when when you are um, doing the same sort of thing for users. Um, It absolutely, as you said, it starts with talking to users. It definitely starts with understanding what their problems are. And my my personal favorite part of the design process is seeing their reaction. So Mm -hmm. talking to the users and then going off and coming up with a solution that, that we want to test and then showing it to them. And you see... Like, even though this is like a prototype, this is like a Figma link or, you know, an XD file or something. And you see them like they know it is, but you see them like get so their eyes get wide and they're like, this is going to save me so much time. Or this is amazing. When, when is this going to be shipped? I need this now. And they're just so excited. Like, it's the same sort of principle. You get to see that excitement and live through them. And you really um, you are so like excited about actually um, delivering this to the customer and as I've brought engineers on those calls, um, developers, and or shared videos of customers reacting to designs, they get really excited about shipping this thing. Like, we got to hurry and get this out there, right? So it's it's very contagious. And it's it's really amazing to see, like, how the work you're doing can actually affect the, the, the individual's lives who, who, are, who are trying to make better, essentially. Um, and so that, that for me is what definitely gets me excited. That's what brings the magic <laughs> into design. Um, yeah, 
going through documentation and um, you know, there's, there's lots of parts of it, of the design process that isn't fun for me. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lot of parts that are really hard and kind of bog you down. But those parts, that part for me is when you're getting that feedback from users um, and they're excited. You finally come up with something that they want, that they need that solves their problem. That's the part that really gets me going. And it really, um, it's very fulfilling essentially as a designer, it kind of brings that magic and I get to hear Santa's sleigh bill at that point. Yeah. You hear it every time in their, in their voice when they go, wow. Yeah. Wow. You're like, it's like, you like, you just add a button to a page and they're like, yeah. what? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like if you do, you know, when you, when you, when you share a design you're working on with a customer or something, and they do that exact same thing you said. Like the, there's the two, there's the wow part, but then yeah. there's also the the classic. I love the line like, "When is this going to be in the product?" Yeah, that that line to me is the one that's the most encouraging because they want it, right? They want it. They want it now. And so when they ask, you know, Evan, and they always ask like, "Is this when is this going to be available?" You know, and then the PM's always like, "Well, I don't like to give roadmap, <laughs> whatever." But like for us, that's all I needed was, "When is this going to be available?" You know, like when is this yes. coming out? When is this coming out? If they're not asking when is this coming out, like you, <laughs> you didn't do your job right. You know, yeah, like on exactly. some level, because you you want them to be that excited about it. I think one thing from my perspective as a manager, uh, managing designers is I feel like it's the same thing. I feel it's the, it's the exact same feeling, except as a manager, my users now are the team, right? It's the people on my team. Yeah. And so when they get excited, you know, I'm, I guess I always tease them that I'm the foster parent, you know, we've talked, I think we've talked about that before. Yep. <laughs> but as their foster parent, I feel like I get more energy out of my job when I see them get excited about their job. And that happens when they like you said, when, when they get on a call and they get excited, right. Then I can see that they get a level of excitement. They, you know, their energy, they're full of energy. And then when they show me their product or their design that they're working on for the product, you can see it. Like you can, you, you really can like, I've had designers, you know, Oh, here's what I'm working on. You know, I'm doing this, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, so you can tell, but then after they come back, you know, from talking to users and they're more excited about it, they, you know, they come up with like, yeah, yeah. So if we do this, see, then the users, then that guy that we talked to totally solved his problem, you know, and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you really, you really see it. And then for me, it's like I get that memory again, right, of like when I was a designer <laughs> doing this day in and day out, like I get to see it again, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. I love we that. can all We can all I have a little that. bit of Christmas. I think we can. I think we can all hear um, the metaphorical Santa sleigh bell. Um, definitely, as you said, I love it. If we are talking to users, if we are trying to focus on, on their needs and solving for them, you're going to, you're going to feel that magic. So if you are struggling as a designer, if you're, you're not feeling that magic, um, start talking to users if you can. So start I, talking to I users. think Andy, now that we've talked through this, I'll go back to your original question. What is the essence or the, what is the sleigh bell? For a, a designer, I think I know uh -huh. what it is. Oh, right. It's, it's it's literally the voice of the customer. That's what it is. Ooh. That's the noise. 
That is a sweet sound, a beautiful sound. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's more beautiful than others. <laughs> sometimes the voice sounds more like you, Andy. And sometimes it sounds more like a me, like a Muppet. But at the end of the day, just hearing that voice of the user, that's what gives you energy. That's, that's the pure essence of the design is, is hearing right. that. And yep. I could, you could, you could totally apply that to any, not just UX, but you could apply that to marketing too. It's the same thing when, yeah, when the when the user sees your design and gets excited about it, and you know that's that's what it is. That's the sleigh bell right there. That's it. That's it. So, uh, all designers, all of you listening right now, if a train shows up in front of your doorstep on Christmas Eve, get on the train. Even if even if you got uh, Tom Hanks looking kind of weird saying, come on the train, get on the train. And when Santa, <laughs> when he inevitably picks you and he says, what do you want for Christmas? What are you going to say? You're not going to say a PS5. Don't say a PS5. No, say okay. PS5. Santa doesn't, he can't even get a PS5. You want to say that you want the voice of the customer because yeah. it is the sweetest sound you've ever heard. <laughs> Design Santa, who obviously <laughs> looks a little bit different than the regular Santa, right? But Design yeah. Santa, yes. Please please set me up a user interview. <laughs> awesome. Well, Patrick, um, I want to thank you for joining me for story time <laughs> this week. It's fun. I like I like. I like uh I like this episode. Yeah. This is this is giving me energy, man. I like this episode. That's I didn't good. know where you were going with it at the beginning, but, <laughs> but I'm with you. I'm glad I I'm glad I got on the train with you, Andy. Good. I'm glad too. I think <laughs> I think it turned out well. <laughs> so but I I'm appreciate glad, Yeah, and I'm super glad you didn't look like a creepy Tom Hanks. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> Me too. I don't. I don't think any customer would listen to me. Would want to get on a call with me if I looked like creepy Tom Hanks. Yeah. So that's that's a blessing for sure. Yeah. After after I remember watching the Polar Express for the first time in the movie theater. I knew. I I know we weren't supposed to talk about this. But I'm going to mention one thing. <laughs> when I sat down, I knew what the book was. Right. I knew the story. And then yeah. when Tom Hanks, creepy Tom Hanks, was in it, <laughs> my thought was, kids, don't, don't, no. He's gonna murder these kids on the train. Like this isn't, this isn't good. He's gonna murder these kids. You just poisoned them with hot chocolate. Oh no! He's what's he doing? Like it felt <laughs> ominous the whole time. Not like the book. Yeah. The book, the book is very much not ominous. The book is very uplifting and will put a tear in your eye. Absolutely. Yeah. That it was creepy. It was it was Tom Hanks in a lot of different scenarios. There's like a homeless Tom Hanks that lived under the train, and. Creepy, Super like creepy. dolls, voiced by <laughs> Tom Hanks as well. Um, yeah, so um, I'm a, I'm a Tom Hanks fan. Sorry, Tom. I don't mean to. I don't mean to diss you. I, I know you're listening. We we, we we do have Tom Hanks listening. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan. Definitely a big fan. But yeah, sometimes sometimes they don't make. They don't always perform the best, and they also look very scary. <laughs> so there's a yeah. uh, unfortunate some some unfortunate combinations happening there but yeah i don't know. i'm sure they'll remake that movie soon and it'll be hopefully a lot better i hope so i hope so because yeah we need a new 
We need a new Polar Express movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Patrick, I want to say to you as a parting gift, Merry Christmas, and to all of our listeners too, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. (laughs) Yep. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. All right. I'm going to close there. Have a good Christmas, Andy. You too. Thanks for listening to the pod. Real quick before you take off, we need your topics. Shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org slash contact and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.